Hello, Four Sober Chicks podcast listeners. We are Heather, Meredith, Dana, and Tracy, four women recovering out loud. We gather here from around the world to discuss all things related to alcohol addiction, sobriety, and various paths to recovery. We get real about the highs, the lows, and the amazing reality of living a sober life. This podcast is a creative collaboration by women, for women, and for anyone who supports women. Hello, everybody. Tracy here. And joining me today are Heather, Meredith, and Dana. And we are so excited to have you here. Tonight, today, we are going to be talking about how has your family and friends supported you in your recovery? So with that said, I am going to kick it off with Heather. All right. I'm sorry. I thought you had a little intro. Okay. I wasn't prepared. Um, how have, so I've had some incredible support actually in all realms, family, friends, um, strangers. So my husband, when I came home, he decided not to drink as well. And so I think he didn't drink for something like the first two years of my sobriety. Um, obviously, not obviously, um, I chose not to have anything in my house when I first came home from treatment. I felt like it was too much of a temptation. Um, I did try to like go to the same places that I'd been and just like be a new person in those. And I quickly learned that that wasn't very healthy. Um, and so, and that was where the kind of the friend piece. So I would try to go and hang out with my friends in the same bars that I would go and hang out. In. And at that time I was still smoking. So I just chain smoke and drink lots of water. And it was not fun at all. It was, you know, like a very quickly, especially that bar scene um, would just become so boring and so, you know, monotonous and stuff. And so my friends were supportive in kind of adjusting what we did. Um, and then the friends that I made in sobriety had healthy relationships with alcohol, which, um, which was new for me. And so I can remember going on a girls weekend and they were like, how do you feel about us drinking? And I was like, what? I mean, thank you. That's so nice of you. You know, like my sobriety is not your responsibility, but I really appreciate that you're thinking of me and that you're um, kind of, that that's something that you're considering. Um, because I definitely would not have done that for someone else when I was in the throes of it, right? Like someone that didn't drink was an alien and I didn't, I felt so uncomfortable around them. But again, these are people with healthy relationships with alcohol. Um, and so I, and I also intentionally formed friends with people who didn't have red flags flapping around them. So, you know, the groups that wanted to like day drink and like do this kinds of, I didn't hang out with them. I, I kind of like just didn't, uh, it was more of an acquaintance kind of thing. Um, so that's the friend part. And I had mentioned my husband didn't drink. Um, and then, you know, he really held space for me to, um, go to all the meetings that I needed to go to, uh, our closest live in-person meeting. Cause I, I do a uh, 12 step was five hours away. And so we'd go on a weekend to Shanghai and I would go to as many meetings as humanly possible. Um, I did a lot of online meetings, even though there wasn't a ton at the time, but I found them because it was a crucial part. 
And when I find when you're first in recovery, that takes quite a bit of time, you know, and it, there is a shift and there's a, a change in how, you know, things are divided up in homes. And I think partners can become um, jealous of that or really have struggle with that. And my husband was really good about whatever you need, whatever we need to do, however we need to make that happen. Um, and then another big thing is he went to therapy with me. Um, and so, you know, I've also seen partnerships where they're like, you're the problem, I'm good. Um, and so you fix you and I'll just kind of continue to do what I'm doing. And that wasn't the attitude. You know, he was like, I'm in this with you. I'm not going to drink. Um, we'll go to therapy. We'll work on this. And that partnership was critical. And, um, knowing that I had one other person in the room with me that wasn't drinking was sometimes like the lifeline I needed. Um, and then, you know, the people that I don't see on a daily basis, but who have been friends for 20 years and love me dearly, they, you know, they, they applauded what I was doing and supported me and, and because they love me and they want to see uh, me be successful in that. Um, and so I felt tons of love um, from that. I didn't recover out loud for the first, I guess, three years of my recovery. And then when I did come out, I got a tremendous amount of support from people I didn't necessarily know um, directly, um, but people saying like, I sharing their struggle or, you know, their support. And those are, you know, like Facebook friends, like some of them are close and a lot of them are not. Um, and so I've, I've seen it in these different degrees and I was very, very nervous about recovering out loud. I was very nervous about the judgment of it. I was very nervous about all of those things because I still carry some shame. And so I just put the shame to them. Like they're going to reject me. They're going to criticize me because those are the things that I do to myself. But I really got down to the, like, if that is a deal breaker for them, I really don't need them in my life. Like if my sobriety is a problem, um, then it's very nice to know you. you can totally unfriend me and not be friends with me. So that's how I received the support. I didn't, I didn't have a whole, I didn't have any negative stuff. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what my experience was. So I'll, uh, I'll jump in. Um, I like, I'm trying to think back. I mean, it's only nine years ago, but nine years ago, our, our world was different. Um, social media was definitely there, but I don't believe it was like that platform that people like uh, everything was just out in the open. And I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I mean, probably 95% of the people that I hung out with was because of drinking. So when I got sober, that quote of like, you want to find who your true friends are, get sober. That was me. Um, I lost a lot of people to the point where like, I'm thinking back and I'm like, man, I don't know many people who stuck around. At, like at all. So my early days of sobriety, I was very alone. Um, 
but that's also, I feel like how I process stuff, um, to where I have time to be like super introspective and, um, and stuff like that. But the friends that I ended up getting were not the red flag friends. You know, they weren't people that I was like, oh, wow, these people have a drinking problem. I probably shouldn't hang out with them. Um, and I've even had people come up to me to this day. And even on posts, like one of my top 10 lists are sobriety makes people uncomfortable. And a lot of the times it's because it's them putting a mirror up and, you know, kind of looking at their issue. And I've had people reach out and they were like, I was one of those people. And I am so sorry that I ever did that to you. And, but I lost, I mean, I don't want to say all of my friends, but all of my friends. Um, so it was really lonely. Um, my first few years of sobriety. And then through that, you know, that was when I started to get into exercise and, you know, volleyball and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I feel like those, um, categories kind of automatically bring people who are, you know, they're health conscious, they may drink, but it's not a ton. And if they do, it's more like a, well, that one got away from me. <laughs> you know, it wasn't a continual every night thing. Um, so I am a huge believer that God put the right people in my life at that time to help me kind of ease into that because they were like, oh, wow, you don't drink. Like, that's actually awesome. Like th that was the comments that I would get instead of, oh, I haven't heard from this friend in five months and it's probably because I'm not drinking anymore and she may think I'm not fun or or whatever. So um, the friends currently that I have, like we have a really good group of friends where wives are super close, husbands are super close. We all have kids the same age. So it's like when we go to do stuff, it's these family units that go and do all these things. and you know, they don't feel like that. That was my big thing. When I got sober, I didn't want my friends to think they had to change in order to make me feel welcome at certain events or even just to come over and hang out or like whatever the case may be. But that was my big thing is I was like, I don't want to push this on you and, and you not be accepting because I'm doing that or, or just really feeling like they had to change in order for me to be there. Um, and so I've always, you know, to, especially now, you know, I feel like once you get that foundation and that, you know, you get sobriety under your belt, you can have those conversations of being like, yeah, if you guys, if we go to brunch and you guys want mimosas, go for it. Like I am not, don't do it because I'm there. You know, I would tell you if it's a trigger because I probably just wouldn't show up, you know, because I know certain situations, especially brunch, alcohol is very typical at those things. Um, so the friends that I have now and our group of friends, like they are the most respectful, you know, some will have Halloween parties and one of the requirements when you walk through a door is to take a shot and then it'll be on the sign like except for Meredith like so they like include me in stuff and we make it fun and I mean I think I've mentioned in the past like I've played flip cup with water you know and everyone is getting housed and I'm over here I'm like I got water and people 
people are like, you're from Florida? Like the people that don't know me, they're like, who is this chick? Um, I but... bet you win too. <laughs> <laughs> not all you we always have the advantage. <laughs> we always have the advantage um, when we're not drinking on this game. You know, but also this day and age, it's not uncommon for someone to be like, I'm the DD. You know, if you're at a party and that's literally, if it's, it's someone I don't know and they're like, you're playing, why are you playing flip cup with water? I'm like, I'm just a designated driver tonight. And they're like, oh, makes sense. Okay. Um, my husband was not a big drinker uh, to begin with. In fact, I probably pushed him more to drink to justify my drinking to where I was like, man, I want to tie one on tonight. I'm just going to keep feeding him so I can continue to do the same thing. And he's not just over there being like, I, I'm good with a beer or, you know, stuff. So, um, he now, um, it's rare actually that we even, or not me, that he even drinks. I mean, I want to say the last time he had a glass of wine, it was six months prior to that, that he had a drink, you know, so it's not, it's just not a part of our lives, but I was the one that made it a part of our life. I was the one that made sure we had wine, we had hard liquor, we had beer. Because also that social hosting aspect, I loved to host people. I loved people coming over. I loved people having fun. And I always wanted to provide whatever they needed. But, um, you know, and it's crazy. I have three bottles of wine that I've gotten from whether it's clients or business partners who just don't know that I don't drink and they're in my cabinet. And if I, if we have people over for dinner, I will, I'm like, I have no idea if it's good, <laughs> but I have, I have wine. If you want wine, I, I literally have two wine glasses in my house for guests in the event they want to come over. Now that took years to build up to. That was not even within probably my first five years of being sober. There was no way if I got a bottle of wine, I was instantly giving it away to my neighbor or, you know, whoever I could. Um, but yeah, like it's just now it's, and, and what I love about it is that's reflecting into our kids. You know, they, they know that alcohol is just not a part of our house. So one, when I have teenagers, it's not, they're not going to be sneaking stuff, you know, and they know that I didn't have a healthy relationship with alcohol. And I have a very healthy relationship with sobriety. And I think that that's, that's been absolutely key, um, for, for my family. So I love that Meredith. Thank you. That kind of brings me to me a lot of the things that both of you have said, <clears throat> you know, my, my sobriety journey started, uh, well, my acknowledgement to my alcoholism, you know, I was, I was single, I was out of a divorce, um, pretty much living on my own. Um, I think one of the first per uh, people that I told was my mother and she was very excited for me. Um, she saw what alcohol did to me and she was just really excited that I was on this journey. So I had her full support. And then I started Sexy Sober. Um, that was really, uh, I had the support of the recovery program that I was in. I had those people. Um, and I think I told my mom. And then I started Sexy Sober. And I hadn't told my daughter. I hadn't told anybody really. I mean, I, I, my sisters, nothing. Because I just didn't know 
I didn't know what it meant yet. I didn't know what to say. And, and I was told too, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to do it yet. If you're not ready, you don't have to say it yet. Um, but I knew I was, I was doing my best to stay sober. And it was probably a month or two um, after posting in Sexy Sober that I called my daughter and I told her I was an alcoholic. And the first thing she said to me is like, what does that mean? And I'm like, I don't really know yet, but we're going to find out together. And that's, that was, and that was a journey in itself. You know, I, what I learned is, is my, through my recovery, it's not just a process for me. It was a process for my family. And some of my family members still struggle with it. Um, all of them have been extremely supportive. They've been supportive of what I, what I need, my sobriety, um, how I recover out loud. And they, you know, one family member, I mean, is one of my biggest cheerleaders. And at every event that she hosts, she especially buys mocktails for me, um, has, you know, has this, you know, has the bartender make sure you make this, this. Um, but yet she, she still doesn't think I'm an alcoholic. You know, so there's still that learning curve. And it's just, it's patience. It's, it's, it's really interesting. It's such a dichotomy in such a way, because then I have to like, I don't question myself sometimes, but I guess I, well, am I, am I, if she doesn't think that, but yeah, I am. And, you know, and then we just talk about that. And I, I try to do the best that I can to explain to her, like what it would look like if I started drinking again. Um, and so it's, uh, I think it's funny, you know, I didn't really think about it before we started talking, but I really think my biggest support system when I first got sober was Instagram. And, you know, like my thing was I had to post one post a day, no matter what. And I couldn't, that, that kept me accountable and it kept me sober because every day I wanted to post, right. I wanted to keep creating. I wanted to be sexy and sober. And I couldn't, I would not have been able to do that had I started drinking. So, and the, and then the support that I found there, like, I didn't even realize that there was, there was this community, this sober community. And wow. I mean, it was just phenomenal. And I remember when I first started posting, like some woman I never even had met, you know, commented or liked it. And I went to her page and she had like a couple thousand people and it just made me feel so good. And like, so like, oh my gosh, like this, this big sober person, like, you know, encouraged me and it was it was just really wonderful and I really just felt that energy and the synergy and and it gave me the confidence to just keep going one day at a time one post at a time and um and like you know like the rest of you I I I hang out with still those people that love me that want to hang out with me that accept me and know that I'm fun with without alcohol and then of course there were some that you know, we just didn't have any com common things left. So it was like, okay, you know, there's no, there's nothing more to really, did we even really talk when we were drinking or, you know, so it was the drink. The drink was the common um, thing. And, and when you take that away, but that's okay. You know, it's okay. So, yeah, so that's pretty much my experience too with it. Well, and one thing to kind of piggyback on that, the conversations that we have in our family are way deeper than just that surface level, 
you know what I mean? Like, I feel like in, when you're with a group of people that just you're together to drink, you're never having those like in-depth heartfelt searching the soul kind of conversations. It's all just all surface level stuff. Um, so that's, I think another huge part is, you know, you can dive deeper emotionally with your friends and your family. Absolutely. That's really, really true, Meredith. Um, brings me to me, I guess. <laughs> um, and listening to each of your stories, you know, I, I'm picking things out that, that really resonate with like Heather, when you were talking about how your friends that have healthy relationships with alcohol would ask you if it's okay. I have a lot of those friends too that ask me, it's like, is it okay if I'm drinking? Because, you know, I don't want to go. And it's the same with my being vegan, you know, so, okay, if I eat this steak in front of me, it's like, yeah, you do you. Um, and I didn't realize until you said it, that that meant that they were having a healthy relationship with something versus me who would have been like, oh, come on, you can have just one, you know? And that makes me cringe to think that that's the way I looked at it. Um, and Meredith, with you, with, with, you know, pushing your husband a little bit into more drinking than he's he was used to. I did the same thing. Um, my husband still drinks. Um, we still have, I, I don't, I didn't drink wine. So we have a whole rack of wine in the house and it just doesn't, doesn't even talk to me. Um, but the hosting of parties, I got sober right in the pandemic. So we haven't really had a party since I've been sober. So I don't even know what that would be like at the moment. Um, you know, and then Tracy, you jumped right into something to keep your sobriety going. You know, you needed that, that little hump with your Instagram and all that stuff. And I did the same thing with the recovery coaching. Um, and then getting, getting to the support, I, I didn't, I had my husband, I didn't tell a lot of people the first few months because of the stigma of the shame. I wasn't sure how everybody's going to take it. And when they found out, they pretty much took it the way I thought they were going to. Oh, you'll be back drinking in three months. We know you. You won't. You won't be able to keep up with it. Blah blah blah. Um, and that was hurtful, you know. And and I I've had people say, you know, oh geez, you, you're vegan and now you quit drinking. I would never date you. You're such a boring person. And what it. It was mind-boggling to me. And now these people are expecting me to support them in other things. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, you know, I don't have a lot of triggers, but that's a trigger. I'm like, wait. <laughs> um, but I think people see what we are doing, you know, what I am doing in this space, um, and how it's it's helped me find my purpose to help other people. So I'm I'm having the support now. My friends support me. Like Meredith, I, I lost a few friends. Um, not all of them, but I did lose a few. And I realized, you know, okay, maybe we were just drinking buddies. Maybe that's what that was all about. Um, and then there were quite a few people that I didn't talk to for, for a while, but are now coming back into my life. So I'm I'm wondering what that's all about and trying to figure it out, but I'm welcoming it. I'm welcoming those people back into my life because I've missed them. Um, and they are totally on board with it. And I, I don't have a problem with anybody drinking. 
in front of me, right? I, I just, I don't. Um, there's a couple of things that I question here and there, but it, that's not for me to, to judge or question. Um, but I think now, gen, genuinely people are comfortable around me, whether they're drinking or not. Um, and, and that makes me feel like I have the support I need. They know where I stand. They know that I'm not a, a drinker anymore and they support that. And they actually have come to me for information and resources for either friends or family members. And they're finding that um, I'm a source now <laughs> versus you know, somebody who is, who is not a healthy friend or family member or person. Um, a lot of people also, when I went sober, you didn't have a problem. What are you doing? What are you talking about? You didn't have, you were fine. I hit it well, apparently. <laughs> um, you know, so I think it was hard for them to support something that they didn't realize was so bad. Um, so that was, that was tough too. But overall, you know, I have the support of my family, my friends now, um, and that's what's most important. And I feel there's like the common, I mean, I think three of us or two of us maybe have said that people commented, you're not an alcoholic. And what I think a lot of people don't understand is there's no set defined term on what an alcoholic is. You know, it's not like you consume five bottles of wine. That means you're an alcoholic. But if you only do four, you're good to go. Like there's, there's no spectrum there. Right. And I feel like for me, to label myself as that, knowing that my mother was an addict, um, it helped, it almost helped me solidify my sobriety. As weird as that sounds, I needed to know that that was how I was labeling my problem because I felt it was that severe. And I knew if I continued on that path, it was a path of destruction. 100%. And that can look different for everyone. You know, I mean, so I feel like, again, people's stigma of addiction is you're that homeless dude on the corner who's lost everything. That's when you're an alcoholic. And it's just not, it's just not the case. And when I was in early recovery and people would question that, it kind of like, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but I was like, man, like I actually am. And if, if you could just support that and say, I support you in this and you not drinking the whole night, instead of being like, you're not an alcoholic. What are you talking about? I'm like, that, that doesn't help people at all. Um, so if you're listening to this, and you've said that to people, don't say that to people in recovery. Cause I feel like that's in my mind, some people may, Dana, you just said it, look back on it and being like, well, oh, maybe I'm not. Okay. Maybe I have a problem. And then they just continue drinking, you know? So that's a real, that's a real big kind of concern that I have. Yeah. And I, I had to, for me, for, <clears throat> I had to admit it. I, that I had to know what was wrong with me in order to fix it. If that makes any sense. So by, by giving it a name or by admitting, okay, I, I am an alcoholic. I suffer from alcoholism. Okay. So how do we fix it? How do I get better? You know, I, so it's, 
Yeah. And I don't think anybody arrives at that decision lightly. Like no one's like, Ooh, I get to call myself an alcoholic. Like it actually takes a lot of work to accept that and to say it out loud. And so, like you said, if somebody tells you that believe them, don't make them justify it, support them because it's taken a lot to get to that point, even say those words. And um, yeah, we don't do it for fun. I mean, like I, I use the term now, I'm a woman in recovery um, because that's for me, alcohol is one component of it. Um, it would definitely be what would kill me. But what keeps me um, in recovery is my spiritual sobriety, my mental health, working on all that. It's all very, um, my relationship with food, you know, like all of those things are part of the balance because I can easily eat my feelings in chocolate and that I have to kind of watch. Um, so as the, as it progresses, it's, it's more multidimensional. Um, but alcoholic defines my relationship with alcohol. And so, you know, believe people, one of the things that occurred to me when we were talking is, you know, regardless of how you recover, my recovery community was integral, integral, integral. I don't know. Anyway, a huge piece of keeping me in recovery. Um, and regardless of what that looks like, you know, whether it's a 12 step or it's not, or, you know, it's faith-based or it's not, you know, that community was lifeblood because it was a group of people who I could say something to never doubted what I was saying. Are you really, you know, no one in these places is like, Oh, are you sure? Um, they would share stories that I could relate to. They understood kind of, um, what it looks like and how hard it is, but they also understood and gave me, or they, they provided hope. I always say I go to meetings still because I see someone who has a few days and I can see that desperation is palpable. You can feel that energy. And then I see someone who has just celebrated 23 years and has like a fulfilling life in recovery. And so it's what I don't want to go back to and what, I aspire to be and everything in between. Um, and then service, you know, being able to be of service to other people because I'm sober and in recovery because people gave it away to me and helped me and gave me a helping hand um, without expecting anything in return. And so my ability to do that, that's a huge support of my recovery. And um, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. You just gave me chills. <laughs> well, I think I, I what we learned, go ahead, Dana. Go ahead. I was just going to say real quick with, with Heather, with what she said, with, and I think I touched on a little bit too, is you have this overwhelming urge to give back because there are so many that gave to us in the recovery community and just, you want to pay it forward. You know, and, and you want to see all these other people succeed and, and you want to help them get there. And it's it's a beautiful thing when when people are on that journey and, and it's not beautiful. It's muddy and, and ugly sometimes when they're going through it. But it is, you know, it's a it's a beautiful reward on the other side of it for sure. There's nothing bad that comes from it. Right. <laughs> you know, and I um I totally agree. And I think. 
I think that also some of us here, I think the majority, if not all of us, we come from addicts or alcoholics. And I know for me, one of my reasons why that I recover out loud so loudly and boldly, I believe is because that's all I ever wanted my mom to do. That's all I ever wanted her to do. I just wanted her to admit it. And well, one, just admit it, right? I didn't even know what else, whatever, anything else would look like. But wow, it's just, she just, she was never able to admit it. So therefore she never was able to recover. So that, I think that was another, another reason why when I did go out and ask for support from my family, I just did it in that manner. And I think what we also learned in this is, is that we're not the only ones that need to learn about how recovery looks and how sobriety works. You know, it's a, it's a game changer for those that we love and, and that are with us and, and have known us drunk and now they're going to get to know us sober. Mm -hmm. So full unit. Well, thank you so much women for joining us this evening or this tonight. And, um, for all our followers out there and listeners, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Please find us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we have uh, Apple Podcast um, and many others. Just go to our link tree and um, and thank you. Bye. See you next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. And oh, how cute is that? I love it. <laughs> my puppy Aww. for those of you that are listening my puppy she does not like when I record the podcast and she broke in <laughs> she broke in she broke in she's been working on the door until she got it to open oh <laughs> thank you bye all right ladies well bye. thanks guys I'll see you next week then bye bye thanks so much for joining us today we appreciate you and wish you the best on your sober adventures for more information and details on upcoming episodes, check us out on YouTube or Instagram at 4SoberChicks. That's number 4SoberChicks. We welcome your feedback and look forward to being with you on the next episode.